Welcome to the Empire Podcast. Thank you guys for being super patient with us as we've had super busy lives, so it's been really difficult for us to come up and drop new episodes, but we have tons of content that we're waiting to release. I've seen how much you guys have blown up the Romans 8 verse by verse, so I wanted to give you guys a special treat and give you guys some more verse by verse through Romans. This time, we'll be covering chapter 3. Okay, so we're going to start with verse 9 in Romans 3. It says, What then? Are we better than they? No, not at all, for we have already charged that both Jews and Gentiles are under sin. So, so a little bit of background before we get into what this means and what Paul's trying to say. Romans 1 and 2. Romans 1 addresses the world. It gives this concept called universal guilt. Universal guilt is this idea that we're all guilty. No one is righteous. There is not some little flicker of good in us that God saw that he wanted to save. Nope, not true. We are evil to the core and Jesus still wanted to save us. That's very important. That's a very big doctrine. So chapter 2, we get into Okay, well, what about the Jew? Are the Jews better because they have the law? No, not exactly, because the same thing that condemns the Gentiles is the same thing that condemns the Jews. The law condemns the Jews. The witnesses to the law condemns the Jews. So we jump back to verse 9 in Romans 3. This makes sense now that Paul has already made his arguments for how both Jews and Gentiles are under sin. So verse 10, it says, as written, there is none righteous. No, not one. There is not one who understands. There is not one who seeks after God. They have all turned aside. Together they have become worthless. There is no one who does good. No, not one. Their throats are open grave. With their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of vipers is under their lips. Their mouth full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their paths, and they do not know the way of peace. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Okay, so we got a lot of scripture. So what is all this? Okay, so after describing the advantages of the Jews, he says that this doesn't protect them from judgment. By citing these various Old Testament verses and examples, he says that both Jews and Gentiles are understand, are under sin. Instead of the law... Instead, the law doesn't lead to justification, it only leads to the knowledge of sin. However, God provided a way to sanctification through Jesus. So this little chunk of scripture is various Old Testament that Paul uses to make his point that, yeah, the Jews are guilty. So we get down to verse 19. It says, now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law so that the very mouth may be silenced and all the world may become accountable to God. Verse 20. Therefore, by the works of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight, for through the law comes the knowledge of sin. Okay, so nobody knew what sin was before the law. The law came about and it revealed what sin was. So this is how the law actually increased sin. Does this mean that the law created sin? No, sin was already there and sin was already within humanity way before the law came about. The law was written... And it made the knowledge of sin aware. So it led to the increasing of sin. Because now you know what the law says. So now you're held accountable to it. So now you have to follow it. And if you can't follow it, the price of sin is that much deadlier than what it was before. So just because 
you don't know that you're doing something wrong doesn't mean that you're not doing it wrong. Okay, just because you're not aware that you're hurting somebody doesn't mean you're not hurting them. Okay, so the law brought about knowledge of sin. It did not create sin. And that's a huge thing is that many people want to, especially skeptics, blame God for sin. No, sin was already in humanity. It was God that revealed what sin was through the law that made us increasingly more sinful, if that makes sense. Hopefully it does. <clears throat> Paul admits the advantages he says and says it still doesn't protect him from judgment. Verses 21 through 31. The argument shifts from charging everyone with sin to the need of Jesus. Faith is the way to righteousness, not by keeping the law. Okay, so let's go to verse 1, or not verse 1, verse 21. <clears throat> but now, apart the, from the law, the righteousness of God is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Okay, so what is this righteousness of God that they're talking about? Well, it's none other than your boy Jesus. Jesus is the righteousness of God revealed. <clears throat> verse 22, this righteousness of God comes through our faith in Jesus Christ to all upon Gosh, I can't talk to all and upon all who believe for there is no distinction. OK, <clears throat> in verse 21, the but now a huge is a huge transition marker apart from the law means that no, that means my apologies. I cannot talk means that right standing with God no longer requires following the law. We are obtaining God's righteousness either by law or faith. In the previous chapter, we, oh, my notes are messed up. Let's, uh, the righteousness of God in this context is what Jesus did. Being witnessed by the prophets and the law, Paul doesn't want his Jewish audience to misunderstand. This wasn't a foreign idea coming to the scripture, but this was the very thing prophesied by their canons of scripture. Okay, so... When Jesus came, it seemed to be a huge shock. But if you were faithful to the scriptures, it wouldn't have been a huge shock because the very thing that everybody was looking for and prophesying about was Jesus as he fulfilled those scriptures right before their eyes. But they chose not to believe and they chose to harden their hearts. OK, <clears throat> Jesus makes allusions to the Old Testament stories. That make no sense in its time, but are perfectly translated through the appearing of himself. In verse 22, this could be the faith in Jesus or the faithfulness of Jesus. Probably both. Let's go ahead and read that again. This righteousness of God comes through faith in Jesus to, to all and upon all who believe, for there is no distinction. So this could be faith in Jesus or faithfulness of Jesus. It's probably both. If, you're, if your translations say something different. God doesn't make distinction on race. Jews held Gentiles unclean because they weren't under the law. This belief was shattered as God gave his spirit to the Gentiles as well as the Jews. Right? So God's not in the business of making distinctions be, by anybody. Okay? So his... Spirit goes to everybody. There is no distinction. And so God doesn't hold any partiality. So does this mean that the Jew is better than the Gentile? No, because remember in the first couple of verses that we read, the Jews are equally guilty to the Gentiles. So there's no reason that God would hold them to 
any higher degree or give them any type of spirit or spiritual advantage over a Gentile. No, we're equal. We're grafted in together. We are all now in the family. So you can't say that we are, that the Gentiles are stepchildren. No, we're adopted. We're in it. God is our father, just as he is to the Jews, just as he is to the Gentiles. He's our father, plain and simple. <clears throat> Verse 23. So let's read it. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So I like the way that this says this right after verse 22. It says that there is no distinction for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Just to drive that point home, everybody is guilty. Okay, so when Jesus is revealed, he's not taking on the sins of some. He's not taking on the sins of the Jews. He's not taking on the sins of the Gentiles. He's taking on the sins of humanity. Humanity is the problem. It's not me specifically it's not you specifically it's humanity it's not white people it's not black people it's not hispanics it's not asians it's humanity this is the thing that we miss and we want to create categories and who's worse you you're worse than i am your ancestors did this well your people are currently doing this well this is happening or you're doing that or your kind starts these wars okay listen humanity is the problem it's not group it's humanity we are all guilty we are all sinning and we have all started these problems it started with me it started with you it started with humans in general jesus was revealed for the specific reason to bring us out of the evil that we put ourselves in okay our own disobedience has put us there but Typically, it's much easier to point the finger at somebody else than to take responsibility and say, no, yeah, you're right. I'm the problem. Me. It's me that's the issue. It's not anybody else. It's me. And that's a hard pill to swallow for a lot of people because they want other people to be the problem because it will help you feel better if you know that you're not the guilty one. But you are. We all are. And this is where the concept of universal guilt comes from. <coughs> Sorry about that. <clears throat> Verse 24. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Verse 24 and 25 affirms the statements in the beginning of Romans 1, 16 through 17. The word redemption here is a Greek word, a poly... My Greek's a little rusty, so I'm going to try to pronounce this best I can. Uh, Apolytrosis, which refers to the act of freeing a slave or prisoner. Somebody can check me on that Greek because I'm not a Greek scholar. But I do know that word, and it refers to the act of freeing a slave or prisoner. So that's us, a slave or prisoner. Verse 25. <clears throat> Whom God has set forth to be a appropriation through faith. Okay, so let's look at that word. Whom God sent to be appropriation. A appropriation. This phrase has some debate to it, but it means to be an appeasement for God. He is our atonement. So to be appropriation, he's the one that's paying our debt. It's his broken body. It's his blood that's paying mine and your debt. What is that debt? That debt's sin. 
he is the only one that can pay it and he is the only one able to pay it and he does pay it thank you jesus jesus being the only way isn't an exclusivity issue but it's a statement to say that without jesus there is no way okay so some people get tripped up when you say jesus is the only way to heaven some people are like well no there's there's multiple ways to heaven you know i'm a good person blah 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 you know you hear you've heard that stuff before jesus being the only way isn't to say that he is better than everybody else it's not some sort of pride thing to say that it's literally he is the one that took our sin he is the only one that can please god because he took the sin okay if you want to do it without jesus that's fine but you're going to have to live it without live it you're going to have to live to the law standard and paul has already made the point nobody can do that so good luck trying to live up to the law standard because without jesus you are judged based on the law okay so you can either be judged under the blood of jesus or you can be judged by the standard of the law you can take your chances with the law but i know i'm not good enough to fulfill it so hey i'm gonna go to the guy that did his name is jesus his blood covers my sin i am way better off with him than i am under the law okay hopefully that makes sense <clears throat> okay so let's read on in his blood okay so in his blood this uh this is the the means by which we are justified Old Testament sacrifices were arrows to the greatest sacrifice to be made. So when they sacrifice animals, use the blood, this and that, Jesus' blood would be the final sacrifice and the biggest redemption. Okay, those Old Testament sacrifices, they didn't please God. They just delayed his judgment. Jesus is the one that made peace with God on our behalf. Okay, and so we'll get into that later if you read on in Romans 5. Okay, so let's read the rest of verse 25. <clears throat> let's go ahead and just start from the beginning so you guys know what I'm talking about. Whom God has set forth to be appropriation through faith. Okay, we talked about that. In his blood for demonstration of his righteousness because in his forbearance, God had passed over the sins previously committed. <clears throat> By the cross, God judged sin but also provided righteousness. This is a wild thing that God is showing judgment and mercy at the same time. And there's a reference to this in Psalms 85. Okay, so let's go ahead and go to verse 26. To prove his righteousness at present time so that he might be just and be the justifier of him who has faith in Jesus. <clears throat> verse 26 is also evidence of Psalm 85. Verse 27 where is the boasting then? Is it excluded? By what law? Of works? No, but by the law of faith. Verse 27 means boasting is excluded based off the law. If we are all charged with sin, then there should be no pride involved by the accomplishments of ancestry or by having the law. Faith rejects boasting because it isn't in our works. It's the works of Jesus. Okay, so nobody should be able to brag that they did anything to receive salvation because it's not possible to do anything to receive salvation. Faith is the thing that puts pride down the drain because you know that it's just simply you believing in the only person that could do what they needed to do, which is Jesus. Okay, 
Sorry about that. Hopefully that doesn't hurt your ears. <clears throat> so where was I? Right. We can't boast in our works because faith is the thing that carries us forward, not works. If we were to boast in our works, that would be saying that I somehow earned salvation, that I was able to do something to where God owed me salvation. You see how dangerous that statement is already? So we need to be aware that our faith isn't purchasing salvation. Our faith is the weak chain in the link. That's why Jesus says we need to have the faith of a mustard seed. It makes it the smallest thing, the smallest thing that he can think of, a mustard seed. That's our faith right there. Weak, small, and little. But because of that, we're not able to boast. And because of our lack of boasting, it shows who's really the one that earned our salvation. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Okay. <clears throat> Verse 27. Uh, if not for Jesus, man wouldn't be saved. So boasting is foolish. Bragging about your salvation isn't wise because you didn't earn it. Jesus did. Without Jesus, your works would have landed you in hell. And you people don't like to hear that, but it's true. No matter what good you did, what charity you donated to, who you fed, what homeless person you gave shelter to, doesn't matter. Without Jesus, your works would have landed you in hell because you cannot atone for the sins that you've committed without Jesus. Our prayers didn't land us into salvation. It wasn't an accidental accomplishment. This was thought out. This is the truth of the gospel that salvation is for everyone. We are not partially saved or saved by a fragile God who denies us when we aren't good enough. He made us good by blood and death. He made us righteous by beating by beatings and crowns of thorns. <clears throat> he made us clean by becoming sin. You and I are not here by accident, but we are here by the beating and the nailing of Jesus' hands and feet to a tree that he would be crushed and bruised for our iniquities. Okay? That's super heavy stuff. Super heavy stuff. Okay, so let's keep reading. We were at 27, now we're at 28. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the works of the law. Is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also the God of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also. Seeing it as one God who shall justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith, do we then make the law void through faith? God forbid. Instead, we establish the law. Okay, so let's go back to verse 30. <clears throat> the circumcised and the uncircumcised. Obviously, he's talking about the Jews and the Gentiles here. The Gentiles don't need to be circumcised because there's no longer that need to have a physical representation of the covenant. Why? Because there's a spiritual representation of the covenant of Jesus being living within us and us being born again. So it's not that the circumcision was pointless. It had a point, but now it's no longer necessary to represent how we are saved and how we are in covenant with God. Okay, so do we make the law void through faith? Verse 31. <clears throat> the law wasn't did away with, but through faith we are righteous by the new law made. Okay, so here's a couple myths about the law. Obedience to the law saves you. It's a grace or works, not a mixture of both. Jesus' obedience to the law is what saves us, not ours. Okay, the Old Testament law was a placeholder and doesn't have anything to do with us. Okay, these are myths. 
Okay, just so you remember, these are myths. <clears throat> there are many things we should apply from the law, not to pretend that we are Jews under the law, but the learning of God through the law, moral truths, principles about society, truths of Christ, and many others. We don't void the law like a canceled check. So just because we aren't technically under serving the law in order to prove ourselves to God doesn't mean we need to toss it out. Okay, there's a lot of good stuff in there that we should still follow, that we should still practice. And there's a lot of things that we can learn about through it. Okay, so don't toss it out just because it's not technically necessary anymore. <clears throat> uh, number three, the Old Testament law doesn't govern all believers in Jesus today. Most people who say we shouldn't be under the law would say that we should we should be under the law aren't really under the whole law um judaism is a good example of this pretty much judaism doesn't work without the temple <laughs> and so jews that may listen to this might get upset and say oh you know but hey if you're really trying to fulfill the law you need the temple and since the temple has been destroyed judaism doesn't really work <clears throat> so People saying that we need to be under the law, okay, certain groups of Christians, people who practice Judaism that say that we need to be under the law, really aren't truly under the whole law. And they can't hope to accomplish the law without certain aspects that they're probably not following. So just keep that in mind. <clears throat> so thank you for listening to my Romans 3 verse by verse. I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope you got a lot out of it. And I hope to come back with more content about Romans. So blow this thing up if you loved it.